Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 139 of the Nora Speaks podcast, and I am your host, Nora Muhammad. It is exciting to be back with you in another episode at a very, very exciting time for our people. And I am not just talking about the presidential election, but we will talk about that briefly. But it's an exciting time because we have a great opportunity to facilitate change in our own communities, in our families, in our households, and in our own individual lives. And yes, we are just off of the 2020 presidential election campaign, and it appears that Joe Biden and our sister Kamala Harris have won this election. And I know many are very excited for so many reasons. Some people are excited for a a new president in general. Some people are excited because we have a vice president, uh, vice president elect that looks like themselves. And it's, it's a very interesting and exciting time. And as we are um, waiting to see what the final outcome is going to be and how this new um, uh, uh, president and vice president um, are going to um, have on their plates and what their focus is going to be and uh, what, how they're going to govern, I want us to come back, uh, regroup ourselves, and just think, you know, now what? Now what for us? Now that the election is over. Now what, what do we need to do? While, um, you know, there's going to be um, uh, transitions of power in uh, federal government, state government, and local government, with those who have been elected, some people have been elected that you did not support, some people have been elected that you did support. And we have to hold those who are in elected office accountable to what we uh, um, elected them to do. We have to hold them accountable and we should support them when they're in office. Now, though, what do we do? The electeds are going to operate within their capacity. But what are we going to do for our own communities, for our own families? And uh, what should we do? You know, um, our engagement in this political process, our engagement in this uh, 2020 presidential campaign has been vigorous. We were very vigorous campaigning and um, and 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 working to get um, a new president in office. You know, 90 over 90 percent of black women voted for uh, President-elect Biden and Kamala Harris. And the majority of black people in this country voted for them 
And so, you know, we had folks on, you know, the, the, um, the talk shows, we had folks on the radio, we had folks doing endorsements, we had folks walking and campaigning and knocking on doors and doing phone banking so that we can get our person, our woman or our man that we were supporting in office. Now that that process is over and we have time, what are we going to do and what is our agenda for our own communities? And I ask this because I don't want us to be so wrapped up in a political candidate or in a political official or in government that we miss the opportunity to serve ourselves. Not that those who are uh, in government and elected aren't responsible to serve us. They are responsible to serve us. But will they? Will they serve us? Have they been serving us? And so I don't want us to put our fate and our future in someone else's hands. If they are interested in in meeting the needs of our people, our children, our families, our men, our women, that's great. But in the absence of that, if they did not exist, what would we be doing for ourselves and what would be our obligation for ourselves? And those of us who did participate in uh, the political campaign, whether it was just through a vote, whether it was knocking, whether it was making phone calls and phone banking, whether it was getting out there and going to rallies, our level of engagement was very high. We had some of the best talkers and some of the best thinkers out there campaigning and talking um, and pushing these candidates. Will we use that same energy that we had for any an election, will we have that and use that energy for the transformation that needs to happen in our own communities? I don't want us to overlook that because we are in the hype of uh, a new political paradigm that's going to occupy the White House. What about us? What about our needs? What about where you live? We can't just rely on politicians and government to create outcomes. Now, we want them to facilitate change. They want, we want them to support what we want happening in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in industry, in the economy. But will they? And so one of the reasons why we wanted so many people, wanted a shift in uh, power, in the political paradigm is because they felt that they had not been being served. Some people sat out of the political process because they felt like no matter how I vote, I'm still not being heard. I'm still not being served. So some people, they refrain from making a a choice, making a selection through their vote. Some people voted um, for President Trump because they didn't think that the Democratic Party has the best interest and or takes our people for granted. Some people voted for Biden because they didn't like the mistreatment and the um, disrespect that they received or they perceived to have received from the White House. Now, with all of that said, we have to come back together right here on the ground where we live and look around and identify areas that we know needs to change. And so I'm going to talk about some things that we must do, we should do, 
so that we can make those transformations in our community that the government may not be interested in making or it may not be a priority for them. We have to have our own priorities and meet the needs of our own. Again, if government, if our electeds and politicians support those initiatives that we want them to support, wonderful. But I don't want us to just sit and wait for them to turn and look our way and say, how can we help you? You know, if we are busy working and making change and they turn and say, how can we help you? That's wonderful. But in the absence of that, I don't want us to just sit idle. So what do we need to do now? Now what? The first thing I will say is that we have to love one another. Sure, many of us may have been a candidate for office and we may have lost, we may have won. The candidates that we supported may have lost, they may have won. Now that all of that is over, we have to come down and come back together as a collective. We have to discharge of our ego, our preachers, our leaders, uh, <laughs> gang members, activists, politicians. We we operate in such a um, divided paradigm, divided structure. It's me against you. And so we go from being opponents because we want to hold an office, because we want to occupy a position, because we want a title. We go from competing as opponents to treating each other like enemies. And we are not enemies. And that's where we get it wrong. Just because we disagree on issues or or, or philosophies or, or, or whatever solution that we think is best suited to meet the needs of our people, we treat each other like enemies and we are not enemies. And I'll say that, yes, we may have supported the uh, current president. Yes, some of us may have supported the president-elect. What I will say is we will not have love from others until we first love ourselves. We're not going to have trust from others until we are shown to be trustworthy amongst our own. And I mean, think about us as a collective because others think about us as a collective. We are a nation of 40 plus million people in this country. Our numbers, as I said before, have exceeded or exceeds the population in some nations. So we are a collective and we are a collective of people that operate with uh, hatred towards one another and distrust. Do we think really that others are going to accept us and love us if we don't love ourselves? I don't know about you, but I heard growing up that no one is going to respect you unless you respect yourself. I heard that growing up over and over and over again. And so that applies to me as an individual, but that applies to us black people in America as a collective. People will use us politically or otherwise for their own advantage, but not for our own if we don't have the power of unity with each other. And if we loved each other, then we wouldn't kill each other <clears throat> the way that we do, the way we are trying to assassinate each other physically and or spiritually and morally. You know, our people who are out in the street with guns who are shooting their guns and hitting innocent bystanders or 
hitting their target with the intention of revenge, the intention to take a life. Now that's a physical killing, but we do the same thing. Those who consider themselves activists or or, or politicians or folks who just are evil and and evil spirited and, and ill hearted with the gossip and the slander. You know, we work so hard against each other, tearing each other down. I think, well, now that you've worked so hard to tearing your brother down, do you think somebody else outside of our own people will accept you? And we do this often for the love, the admiration, the prestige, and the position next to outsiders. But if they will use you and me to tear each other down, We can't be so foolish to think that they would recognize us and put us in a seat uh, and trust us (laughs) and love us when they've used us to destroy one another. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to return to a black love. We have to love each other, regardless of our disagreements, regardless of our differences, whether you decide or, 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 or ascribe to um, Islam and, and, and I ascribe to Christianity or you ascribe to no religion at all, or you are a blue collar and I am a white collar. You are, um, from the streets and, and grew up hard and I grew up comfortable and I grew up on a cushion and had an easier life than you. It, none of that matters if we are not going to unite and move past those things that we see as differences. Others are doing it themselves and we watch them do it and we watch them make change and come together in meeting the needs of their own people. And we sit and wonder why nobody is meeting the needs of our own people. One, they see us disunited. They see that we don't have love for each other and we are so confused running around trying to tear each other down and we're not doing anything for ourselves. And, they, and, and this activity is energy draining, it is wasteful, and quite frankly, it is foolish and immature. And so nobody is taking black people seriously. And again, they're talking about the black woman and the black woman and saving democracy. Okay, I want the black woman to save the black community. <laughs> I want black women to come together. If 90% Um, Plus of us voted for Biden. I want 90% of us to come back and turn our love and affection to our community. If 90% of black men didn't vote, they protested this election because they're talking about black women voting for president uh, elect Biden. And they're talking about black men sitting it out. Well, black man, for whatever reason you sat it out. I hope it's because you have a plan. I hope it's because you have a strategy. I hope it's because you're bringing leadership right down here on the ground so that we black women can turn around and have a platform that you've built. So we have to come together and love each other. And after we start loving each other, Point number two is we have to clean up. We have to clean ourselves up. I mean, clean up physically and clean up 
mentally. Get rid of the trash, the vices, the content that is distorting our reality. I'm talking about cleaning up our communities, cleaning up our homes, cleaning up our bodies, cleaning up our minds, cleaning up our language and 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 ridding ourselves of these um, the appetite that we have to physically, physically wear our bodies down. And I'm talking about alcohol. I'm talking about drug use. I'm talking um, about uh, content from in media that is destructive. I, I think about some of the entertainers that our children are listening to. I mean, if they came into your home, they came into my home talking the way that they talk, I would be insulted. And I hope that you would be too. So many of us are not. And we welcome content that is garbage content that is destructive that emphasizes and highlights and and makes acceptable drugs and guns and killing and 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 alcoholism and and general destruction of our community i mean we enjoy this kind of content what is wrong with us that we accept that which is so destructive that we accept our communities to be falling apart and dilapidated, that we accept trash on our streets, outside of our homes, that we accept this. If we are not going to do better by our own, I'm telling you, people are just not going to recognize us. We must clean up. We must recognize the dignity that we lost. We must recognize the dignity that we should be uh, portraying the dignity that we should be walking in, the integrity, the love of self. And that is demonstrated by how we represent ourselves. So we have to clean ourselves up physically. We have to clean ourselves up mentally. And mentally includes self-hatred. Thinking so low of ourselves and thinking so highly of other people, which puts us in a position of waiting for others to come and do something for us. Because we have a dependent mindset and now we have a dependent reality. We have to clean up our minds of this weak mentality, this weak thinking, this self-hating ideas, these self-hating ideas that we have for each other. We have to clean it up. Clean it up physically and clean it up mentally. And so you may say, well, you know, I, uh, you know, Nora, I don't live in a dirty <laughs> community. My house is clean. You know, I, I live in a nice neighborhood. Well, to point number three, what we don't have and what we need to have are institutions created for our own common good. Now, I know that, you know, my message often on this podcast is just about cleaning up, cleaning up our community, making our community a decent place to be. Because I I repeat that because one, when we start cleaning up, it shows that we've had a, a switch in our mindset where we are now caring about living in a clean community. If we care about living in a clean community, then we become protective of our community. And it's not just the litter and the garbage that we see on our streets, but it's also the people that hang around for nefarious reasons. It shifts a mindset. We begin thinking about the things that our children need, the things that our elders need, the things that we need. And what we need 
are institutions for our own common good. Let's talk about healthcare facilities. Great, you live in a beautiful community. It's clean. It's maybe predominantly white. You feel safe and comfortable. Maybe you do. But when you go to the hospital, you worry. With your education, with your good insurance, you go to the hospital and you worry. You worry about the care that this doctor is going to give to you. You worry about, is it going to be experimental? Or is it going to, are you going to be undertreated? Are you going to be overtreated? Are you going to be neglected? We still think about this in our clean communities, with our beautiful homes. We wonder, we are suspicious, we are insecure because we don't have healthcare facilities with providers treating us like people. If Serena Williams will go to the hospital and be in distress, having identified similar symptoms that she had before of a pulmonary embolism, which is deadly if it's untreated. And she knows this. This is Serena Williams, one of the most renowned athletes in the world. I'm sure she doesn't have an issue with health care and meeting her health care needs through her insurance and, and being able to afford health care. Even Serena Williams, even Serena Williams was ignored. So I say, we don't have healthcare facilities with providers that love us. So your platinum card, your BMW, your big fine house, and your beautiful neighborhood with your manicured lawns is not going to save you when you go to a hospital and are ignored. We have seen the discrepancies and the disparities that occur when our people hit the ER. And it was exacerbated with COVID-19. And we're watching our people go to the hospital in literal respiratory distress. And they're being sent home. Respiratory distress. I mean, they can't breathe. And people have left the emergency room to go to an urgent care and have died on the way. So we need health care facilities with providers who care about us and that we can trust we need schools we need schools where our children are attending and we don't have to be concerned that they're learning to be inferior yes you with your manicured lawns with your big fine house in your suburban community our children are still going to schools that are teaching them that they're inferior so this message is for all of our people. No matter what uh, class you belong to, no matter what socioeconomic status you belong to, this message is for all of our people. We need institutions for our own common good. And what we have to do to establish these institutions is look within. We have to look within our own people so that we can do for ourselves, what we want others to do, right? So one of the things that the presidential campaigns, um, the uh, candidates talk about, the presidential candidates, the uh, state-level candidates, the federal-level candidates, you know, one of the things they always talk about, you know, the education and 
especially when they're talking about black people. They talk about education. They talk about incarceration rates. They talk about criminal justice reform. Because there's an issue with institutions. There's an issue. And we know that there's a fight <laughs> over health care right now in this country. We need health care facilities with our own providers. We need schools where our children are not taught the false idea that they are inferior. And how can we prove that our children are being taught ideas that they're inferior? Because when they come out of these great schools, when they come out of these great colleges, they come out as servants. They do not come out as leaders, as creators, as those who come back and are offering opportunities to others. They come out looking for opportunities from themselves. A wise man said that you have a job when they educated you. So now that you have an education, that means you have a skill set. That means you have some knowledge to make something happen for yourselves and for your people. But our people, our young people graduate from college and they're looking for somebody else to give them an opportunity. We need institutions that have our common good at the root of it, at, the, at their foundation. And we don't have this. And this makes us a very, very insecure and dependent people. And so essentially, we are at the mercy of others. We're at the mercy of them through our health care. We are at the mercy of them through the educational system. And if we're going to put, <laughs> put ourselves in their hands, do we think, do we think that a system, a system, not just a school, but a school system that is marginalizing black children through education, do we think that they're going to all of a sudden teach our children to love themselves? That is not their job to teach our children to love themselves. That is our job. And that is something that should be a part of our children's school curriculum. And we put ourselves in their hands through health care because we have not come together with all of the doctors that we have we have not come together and established our own clinics or our own hospitals. We say that we're educated, but our actions and our and our and our our lack of doing, our lack of activity, our lack of unity, it, it, it shows that the education that we have is questionable. Or at least our motivation is questionable. If we're not motivated to unite with others who share the same ideas and do something for ourselves. Now we can get on social media and we can have a common ground and talk about the problem. But of all of those hundreds of people that are commenting, how many are going to actually do something to solve the problem? But we can, we can, we can, if we change our mindset. So we have to love one another. We have to clean up as a people. We have to create institutions for our own common good. And lastly, we have to support one another economically. And we have to be conservative in our spending. We often spend out of extravagant instead of necessity. 
We love designer labels. We love designer labels. Um, but when we are so far behind the eight ball, when we don't have schools teaching our children to love themselves, when we don't have healthcare facilities where we can send grandmother to and be secure that grandmother is being treated or your son is being treated. We're so suspicious when you send our children, our husbands, our wives to the hospital. And you think, oh gosh, I hope they don't see him or her just as an organ donor. These are some real insecurities that we have. Oh gosh, I hope they don't uh, undertreat my loved one. I hope they don't just send them back out into the cold, having not resolved any of the issues. This is the insecurity that we have. And yet we have the nerve to be hung up when designer labels, we're backwards, we're backwards. We have to support one another economically the same way we see others supporting their own kind economically. And some of us will say, well, that's racism. Well, I say, no, (laughs) that's survival. That is not racism. That is survival. That is natural. It is natural to inherently incline towards your own. That doesn't mean that there's no engagement or interactions with others. Sure there is. But it is natural to incline towards your own, to support and to sustain your own. That is natural. What is unnatural is to walk past that which belongs to your brother or your sister to go somewhere else. That is unnatural. And so we have been born in this country with treasonous ideas towards our own. And we are continuing to suffer 400 plus years later with this idea to serve others before serving self, but to think of others before thinking of self, to lift up others instead of lifting up self first. It is natural for you to serve the children in your household before you go serve the neighborhood children. It is natural. And it is, and it is essential for our survival because we can't look for others to meet our needs. As I said in the beginning, it would be great if others thought about us. But why should they when we're not thinking about our own selves? We must think about doing something for self in organizing with each other. Our survival really does depend on it. So I will restate. I will restate now that the election is over. Now what? Come back to your community, love one another, clean up and be recognized. Let's think about creating institutions for our own common good and let's support one another economically. We can do these, three, these few things. We can do this and show the world that we love and respect ourselves. And when we love and respect ourselves, when we love and respect ourselves, then we impose that upon others. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. Until next time, stay in peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, 
If you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramohammed.com. Or if you have a listener question, email me at info at You can also follow the Nora Speaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nora Speaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.